We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A mind of its own we all have, said Yoda at some point when he couldn't figure out how to update his iPhone. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Playmakers. Lindsey Brown, Adrian Hernandez chuckling to start the show and joining us to observe and bring in all of the media knowledge that we just distill for you all each and every day here on the Playmakers is Dominic Lavoie. And uh, we are here to talk about the sports. All of the sports. And, and thank you for and the, the Yoda things. reference at the, at the beginning. I, I appreciate the Star Wars references. I do. Oh, good. I'm glad that somebody did because I didn't really mean to go into the hearts and minds of the Star Wars faithful, the fandom, but I'll take any sort of rallying call I can, especially when I'm not a member of said fandom myself. Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, update on me personally as we kick off the show. Okay. Uh, the Breaking guts. news. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse Thank me. BetQL.com. Arby Graham in a wheelchair. Drake! Yes! <laughs> Always for all alerts. Uh, bubble guts have, have kind of calmed down in my body. So no game <laughs> game six flu situation, Lindsay, uh, as we start off the show. So I just wanted to make that announcement. We're very happy to hear that. Uh, any sort of improvement is absolutely something that needs to be highlighted, especially in the days that we find ourselves. Very transient days, indeed. Their Golden Knights were absolutely taken behind the dumpster last night, 6 nothing loss to Yikes. the Flames. It was not a fun time, uh, but they're actually not the team that's having the worst day in the Pacific Division. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes in our Get Waxed segment to uh, really highlight what's going on in the hockey world. I love that. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about Olympic coverage and specifically Michaela Schifrin. And is it sexist to show sadness? Because apparently some people are saying that it is. Uh, to footballs because apparently the big game is still happening. It is on schedule to go off on Sunday. We're going to talk to Maury Brown, who is deep in the weeds in terms of Major League Baseball, the lockout, the negotiations. We're going to talk to him about all of that and whether or not we're going to have spring training here in a couple of weeks. And then we'll talk about trade baggage, which is really about wrapping up our show with the same subject that we – are going to start it with here for our can opener because today was the NBA trade deadline. We've been talking about it all week. 3 p.m. Eastern time is when it passed. And not only do we get the names uh, moved to teams that we thought, we even had some some transactions that none of us really had imagined. And so let's start getting into that right now, Adrian, because you are our basketball expert. Where let's would you like this. to start? Uh, let's start with the biggest trade. If we don't, um, you know, this trade makes every other thing seem trivial because this deal – 
sent shockwaves throughout the league, not only affecting the playoffs, but free agency next season. Congratulations to Daryl Morey. He finally did it. Ben Simmons is no longer a part of the Philadelphia 76ers, and he's acquired his one and only James Harden mm, going to back Philadelphia. Back from J-term abroad, you say. Now we're not meeting up in Houston anymore. We're meeting up in Philadelphia. Yeah, and so before I get into specifics for this trade, uh, like I said, credit to Daryl Morey. He did what he wanted. He didn't want to trade him to the Kings or whatever below average team. He wanted to get a top 25 to 30 player in the NBA mm-hmm. for Ben Simmons, which is exactly what he did. And if but, you don't trade him right now at this juncture, what are you even doing? Then it becomes well, basically it, it's it's about being petty, and it's probably illegal if you if you start thinking about it well, really deep divey about it. Well, it, it, the 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 point of contention if they didn't get rid of Ben Simmons right now mm-hmm. is that you are wasting an MVP caliber year from Joel Embiid. Well, and, and it's not about getting equal value; it's about settling scores. No, no, I just think I think Daryl Morey had the intention of getting good value. I just it's unspeakable with Joel Embiid the season that he's having and the yes. fact that he's a center, he's a big dude, and he's injury prone. You have to take it's advantage. James Harden. If yeah. you don't trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, who do you trade Ben Simmons for? Yeah. Honestly, that, that's where I'm going with it because he, yes, Maury could have waited for the off season, but to your point, they don't want to waste this season for Philadelphia. And so if you have these options and like you said, it has to be a top 10 to 15 player, top 25. Like if it's not for James Harden, who exactly are you looking for LeBron? Cause that ain't happening. And I just, I want to say for Daryl Morey and Valentine's day is around the corner. You know, sometimes up, the one that got away, take notes, got away. Me. For a reason. We talk about James Harden. And yes, I understand. A a former MVP. uh, One of the greats of his generation. This is a dude who's teamed up now with Chris Paul, Kevin Durant twice, Kyrie Irving, and Russell Westbrook. He has zero rings to show for it. He wanted to get out of Houston last year. He he quit on the team. Mm -hmm. The team was garbage. Chris Paul left. I understand. He quit on the team. He put on a fat suit. He said, I want to get out of here. I want to go to Brooklyn. Somehow, miraculously, he lost the weight. He was in shape. He did his thing with Brooklyn last year. And I get it. This year, he struggled. And even with him struggling, he's still putting up 22, 10, and 8, which is ridiculous. But this is a guy who's 32 years old. He's played over 32,000 minutes in this league. And after just a month of KD having injury problems and him having to carry the team. And I understand it was Kyrie's decision because it was his decision to not play this entire season and not do what he needed to do to be able to play home games in New York. But after a month, he's like, nah. And his last game as a Brooklyn net is going two for 11, 37 minutes against the Kings. And you only scored four points. Was this game seven? For the playoffs? You lost. Yeah. Well, actually, like, he made two buckets last night. So that would be better than what he did in that playoff really, game. It really bothers me that this dude can get away with doing that. And it, this trade is a weird situation where this could end up being a situation where both teams do not win this trade. Because or the bol- where both of them do win the trade. No, that can't happen. How? Why? They're in the same conference. They're in the same division. One of them is going to have to come up on top. There, this is what if it's inevitable the Philadelphia that play 76ers win the title this year and the Nets win it next year. Would you say that's a that's an unsuccessful trade then? I mean, that's the only. I mean, that's that's a because they're essentially the Brooklyn is punting on this season and they should because Kyrie they're made not that punting decision on this season. Kind of, they are. No, they're not. Kind of, they are. How? They did when when Kyrie said, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not getting vaccinated." But Kyrie was hurt last year, and so was James Harden, and they were agreed. How close to getting to the NBA Finals with just KD? 
Agree. Oh, okay. So you think Ben Simmons is going to come back and that they're going to be a better team with Ben Simmons? Like possibly for this year. Like, for this like, year. So See, I don't. I don't think that's true. What I was saying is on paper. At least my like opinion. this. This looks amazing because you. I'm not going to be oblivious and, and say that this was ridiculous. Look, Ben Simmons hasn't played in eight to nine months. Yeah, he can say he's been in shape and he's been working out in Philadelphia and he's been seeing his therapist, so on and so forth. He hasn't played in eight and nine months. Okay, Kyrie can't play home games. Yeah, and until and that might and they're change. going for the chip this year. And we don't in your know, mind, like like here in Nevada, the mask mandate's gone. We don't know what's going to happen in New York with the vaccine. But you just traded a twenty-five-year-old point guard who's six foot ten, all NBA talent, one of the best defensive players in the league, who can guard anyone on your team, one through four. He can guard all of them. He has three years left on his contract, and he's going to a team where his biggest worry is he doesn't want to shoot the ball. It is something we have never seen before. Guess what? He doesn't have to worry about that. Kevin Durant does Because he has Kevin Durant. He has Kyrie Irving. Not only that, Daryl Morey this entire time said, no, I want a top 25 player and I want draft picks. This dude and traded. And if to- Steve Nash can unlock Ben Simmons, though, because remember, Steve doesn't have a ton of head coaching experience either. And I, I, it's a really unique situation, I think, with Ben as well because he's clearly put himself on an island and that's going to continue to be the the case because he had to separate himself so far from the 76ers there's going to have to be a lot of trust falls and bridges built but that's going to get the support from his team though they want to win and they just had to trust me i know that that the teams are going to support their players because ultimately they want them to play and, and and pay them for a reason i'm just wondering what happens if if and when ben simmons shows up with a cell phone in his pocket for practice and sweatpants. I mean, I think he's from from the reports. Uh, Ramona Shelbourne, like he's ecstatic. He's wanted to play. I'm this sure season. he is. Adrian. He doesn't want to play. It's with a Philly. it's a beautiful day. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five championships. It's the best day to say that type of stuff. But what happens when they lose a couple games, as they've had a tendency to do as of lately? Like, what happens when there's a little bit of adversity? What if we do need him to shoot one time and Brooklyn boos him because New Yorkers know basketball a little bit better? Uh, it, like, honestly, because. Ben Simmons has shown us that he cannot ascend through those moments or he can't he can't transcend himself. And so offensively as a teammate, I'm not even talking about basketball production wise offensively like scoring. He's a great assist passer. I think the Nets are like, well, we'll see if we can reclaim Ben Simmons. And but this this season, I I think, is a lost year. And if you can get him at least back. They picked up Seth Curry, one of the best shooters in I'm the league. I'm allowed to have my opinion and my point, too. True. No, true. I'm just saying, like, this trade, they they finessed the Sixers in this situation. And and that's without, if Joe Harris comes back, they literally, Joel's backup, they traded to a team that they're going to play in the playoffs. Who knows him better this season than his backup? You give him size, you gave him defense, you gave him shooting, you gave him draft picks. Yep, and we need to give our listeners some of these other trades. So let's move on from James Harden and Ben Simmons. And you were saying shocking trades. Uh, the number one shock was poor Zingy. Lindsay, you were the only one who was calling it. If, if this dude's going to get traded, everyone said, well, his contract is too big. It wasn't big enough for the Wizards. Um, they picked up Kristaps Porzingis from the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks get Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so for the Mavericks, they get someone who is going to take some pressure off of Luka in terms of having the ball um, and, and kind of facilitating the offense. Uh, the thing with Spencer Dinwiddie, and, and I know the Wizards started off 10-3 and this season, uh, it has been a dumpster fire for the rest of the season, um, as Tristis told us. 
But some of his shooting stats, they kind of look like concert tour dates. You're mm-hmm. looking at like a 4 for 11, an 8 for 20, a 2 for 12. Uh, so he hasn't had the best season um, but we'll see. I mean, we, they the, just needed to get out from underneath Perzinkas. They needed to. They needed to change the chapter. They need to make sure that they're moving in a direction that uh, doesn't include him because he just isn't available. And it's it, it was an anchor on that team. So I'm glad that they were able to get that done because every single second uh, and 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 year wasted with Luca could potentially be another push of him over the edge towards another market and another team. Yeah, and, like, the relationship with Porzingis, like, we were all surprised, I guess, because, you know, they're both European, right, so they have to be best friends. Um, so that for the Wizards, it's kind of a situation where I just – they're playing 2K, and we're like, this sounds like a good trade. You know, Bradley Beal couldn't work out with John Wall. Bradley Beal couldn't work out with Russell Westbrook, so they're like, enough with the guards. Let's get a big man in there and see what happens next season. Uh, Porzingis is on contract for the next two years, so they'll give it a go. Um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's uh, right. Serge Ibaka's going up there, isn't he? Yes, and so it, it's kind of, it, it's nice to be the Bucks. It's nice to be Miami. It's nice to be Cleveland as we focus on the Sixers and the Nets with the, with the blockbuster trade. Uh, Miami, Milwaukee, and Cleveland are just handling business. And for Milwaukee, this trade is basically insurance. Um, they need size. Obviously, they have Giannis. But other than that, Brooke Lopez coming off of back surgery. He's in his 30s. That's always kind of dangerous. Um, Abaka this season averaging six points, uh, four rebounds. He's played in 35 games, though. It's a great uh, number of games. Yeah, of course. And he started 10. Uh, this might not be the biggest move, but he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, he spaces out the floor and he gives them some size. And we were talking before the show. That's most important. If you can add some shooters, space out that floor, give Giannis some lanes to attack and either take it to the basket or give Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday some shots at three. Um, so that was a great, great pickup and some good flexibility. Some people make trades to bring in better and some people make trades to enable their best to be their best. And I feel like that the, this move is definitely the latter and that's a luxury that you have when you have done the developing of your own stars and you're not going out and buying them or, or trading for them. This is one of those corners that you didn't cut in the development process that you can now reap the rewards for. I think this is probably the most underrated deal out of out of the day. Would you would you classify this as that, or at least the Serge Ibaka inclusion? Yeah, and I, I think and it was a three team a three team trade. I think this trade for the Bucks and the Clippers it was sneakily, like you said, under the radar. Good mm-hmm. pickups to facilitate and just add some roster depth. Because uh, also for the Clippers uh, earlier this week they got Norman Powell, they got Robert Covington, now they got Nick Batum and Marcus Morris. Uh, they're trying to stay afloat. Paul George is definitely coming back this season. Kawhi, we still don't know, but um, definitely. He's still a thing. Yeah, yeah, honestly, he's still, yeah, he tore his ACL. He's getting caught on camera rolling up uh, some marijuana at Rams games, but we'll see if he Oh, that championship uh, song and dance, huh? Yeah, yeah, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if Kawhi comes back. Um, Some uh, Around the leagues, the other big trades or trades that kind of help some teams, the Suns got some insurance, Um, Torrey Craig helping out the Suns, and then Goran Dragic. uh, Yeah, that's a big name. He will most likely be bought out. Uh, for the Lakers, I know we have some Laker, <laughs> Laker fans listening. Uh, they are hoping that Dennis Schroeder, some other point guards in the league, and some big men get bought out because the Lakers 
Made no moves. Hear that, Lakers fans? Dennis Schroeder's on the way to save your ass. Again. Again. Didn't they lose to the to the Kings last night? And the, oh, the, the Blazers. The Blazers, that's right. Same thing, say, right, at this wh- point. <laughs> yeah, which thrown together uh, spaghetti painting from kindergarten class do we have tonight? It's just not a good time. That, that post-game audio from LeBron, a tone we haven't heard from him in a very long time. A very defeated human being and and player but answers have certainly gone to different teams other than the Lakers we still have more to explore with this but we do have to move on with the rest of our show it's time to renew the rivalry between basketball and hockey so we're going to switch lanes into the ice one for the bet Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown the playmakers exclusively on 1140 the bet this is 100% the vibe that was in the Golden Knights' head last night, right? Yeah, definitely by the end of it. Oh, I mean, by the beginning of it, <laughs> to be honest, because uh, it didn't get off to a great start. And just based off of how the Golden Knights were defending their net front, their house, zero people showed up to pick up empties this morning, or at least for the morning after. And and we just had the best party ever. And no one is showing up to help whatsoever. <laughs> zero people. The absolute worst of the worst type of defeats last night. The Golden Knights get smoked. Even mean to do the pun there. Bye. The Calgary Flames. Six nothing. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, it was early, over very early. While we didn't give up a goal one minute into the game, we gave one up five minutes into the game and Mostly the, the Gold Knights did their best traffic cone impression. There was not a lot of moving of feet. There was not a lot of body leverage to actually wield because most of those guys were skating around there with French fry legs with weight ready to push off with their hands rather than those lowers. And so when you have that, you can't stay in position, let alone have the ability to stop someone from making a play. Furthermore, a player or players uh, playing at the level that the Flames were last night. Five. 5v5 goals last night. It wasn't even like we were going to the box and and being taken advantage of that way. And that was one of the things that I had highlighted ahead of the game yesterday, especially when we were talking about Johnny Gaudreau in that top line. And, oh, what do you know? Who scored that first goal? Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Tuchuk. And, oh, look, you had an Elias Lindholm one with Matthew Tuchuk and Chris Tanev. And, oh, look, you had another one. It was just, it was exactly as you would draw it up if you're the Flames, because ultimately the Golden Knights didn't show up, Dominic, no. at, at all. And we all have those games where the the lights stay on, the floodlights stay on, but if you want to read a book, good luck. But when you're down 3 nothing with five minutes left still in the first period and that third goal I think is the most telling, where so much space and respect is given to Elias Lindholm that he can just take a wrist shot 10 feet into the blue line and beat Robin Leonard clean down low. Even the announcers are like, oh, clearly it had to be tipped because there's just no way that you can let in that goal from that range. And trust me, you can. I mean, I had Hannah Brandt score on me from the opposite goal line before. I mean, it was U10s, and I wanted to just whack the puck as it was coming towards me. We learned our lesson. But ultimately, sloppy play gets this team into a daze. And when they get into a daze, they get confused. And when they get confused... Leonard spins out mm-hmm. and that's why what, last night you can't chalk a whole lot up to him you can chalk that third goal up to him for sure yeah but ultimately everybody had a few things to improve on last night 100 percent. it just kind of looked like 
I mean, you, you use like the French frying traffic cone analogy. Mm. I use the um, analogy that I use on myself playing hockey. Mm. There was a lot of tripods out there. Yeah, so that, exactly. That's, that's all Not I saw. Not a lot of knee bend. No, there's just everyone was just kind of like standing straight up, stick on the ice, yep. two skates on the ice, and just kind of like moving around like either a tripod or like a bubble hockey player. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. They were getting outworked from the get-go. Heavy legs on the back-to-back off of an all-star break. I mean, we could absolutely bring that into our our – our explanation, but ultimately it's not going to change the results because every single reaction was half a second too late to read. And so I, I just remember seeing Nick Hag realizing half a second too late. Oh yeah, I need to go to him. And then he starts mm-hmm. going to him. And then by the time he starts going to him, it's already too late because now he's going West and now his opposition's going East. Yeah. And so when you just have that type of vibe to your game, you're not going to have fun. And you're not going to have fun as a netmire. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Robin Leonard going to a post seal with a threat on the wall and the hash marks because you shouldn't really be down on your knees at that point. And that kind of can, can put you in a compromising position and he ends up getting scored on. But ultimately, too, you have to realize, well, Leonard's style based off of how he plays, what's an easier ask for his body to potentially give up the disadvantage of the angle up high with the guy on the wall or for him to make quick twitch saves on a bang-bang play much closer into him. I'm like, yeah, okay, Leonard, I, I understand what yeah. you're doing now because based off of what we know and how you're built, this is what needs to be done. And they said in all the post-game uh, availability last night, they did not show up with uh, any sort of effort in order to get done what they needed to get done last night. They are very, very bad in the saddle, though, the Golden mm-hmm. Knights. They get, not only do they lose, they get smoked by a large margin and, uh, J- Jakob Markstrom secures his eighth shutout of the season. As we mentioned yesterday, he had seven. He had he was three clear of the next closest netminder, but he's certainly encroaching on some historic numbers. But as we remember last night's loss to the Calgary Flames, we must also take into account the 24 hours before that when they beat the Oilers four to nothing. Dominic, it was a it was a hell of a time. Yeah, the Oilers also had to be- had a back to back. They had the Blackhawks. Last night they lose to the Blackhawks four to one. Trying times had in Edmonton, people, because Tippett, Dave Tippett, we'll uh, throw our goalie under the bus. Dave Tippett <laughs> fired earlier today. Third year of his tenure. Again, it happens after losing four to one against the Blackhawks last night. At least they scored a goal, but again, the Blackhawks aren't going anywhere. So. They it's should be losing those games at one. Yeah. It's just the Oilers are looking for for answers into how to how to solve their current problem. And then the, the thing with their current problem is that it's indicative of a larger issue. And a lot of the larger issues that have caused the current problems have come at the hands of the of the front office, of making bad decisions, of making poor leadership decisions. And we're not talking about the Evander Kane signing. Like, we're talking about goalie development. We're talking about trading for Duncan Keith and retaining all of his money for no reason. But he actually ends up being one of their better players. But guess what? He's out for the next few weeks mm-hmm. because he was put on uh, IR with concussion slash upper body. And then, oh, yeah, Zach Cassian, that player that is so important to that second line and – overall the personality some grit to that team he broke his jaw last night so he's gonna be out four to six weeks so dave tippett was fired you lose zach cassian and then who was my other person duncan keith. duncan keith so just those three changes today in the meantime we are going to promote from our ahl affiliate 
Jay Woodcroft to assume head coaching duties with Dave Manson because Tippett and Jim Playfair were both fired and let go. Team has been awful for the most part, even with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl seeing atop the scoring races. It does not translate to the wins and losses column, at least hasn't yet. And they are currently sitting fifth in the Pacific Division, five points back of the Flames for the final Western Conference wildcard spot. And as we, I've been hypothesizing, I think those wildcard spots are going to be swallowed up by the Central Division. So there's three spots for us mm-hmm. to really play with. You think that probably puts a little bit more of a internal clock on your decisions and your urgency and stuff. I mean, this is a team that is clearly trying everything, in the, including the kitchen sink. And next on their list is probably acquiring a goaltender. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, with Mike Smith, I kind of view him as a guy that's running out of time. That's probably or what maybe that he's Dave been out of time last night because he got smoked by the Knights, and then he said, "Well, he's going to play." you know, the second half of the back-to-back two, and then he let in the first shot he saw. Yeah, like Mike Smith, he's, I think, believe, 40, 41. He's been battling injuries for a while. His best playing days are well behind him. He's untethered because he's not settled into his body right now. Yeah, he just needs time to settle back in, but even then he's not the old goaltender that we saw with the Coyotes, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's not happening in front. They need that goaltending, and maybe they'll be better, but – just overall, like you touched on earlier, the front office has been abysmal for the like last decade with the Edmonton Oilers. Shirelli. I mean, like it, the moves that they've made and just everything that's gone on with that team has been horrendous. And I feel for Ryan Nugent Hopkins too. I believe this is his eighth head coach in eleven years. Yeah, I mean Taylor Hall like, actually probably got the better end of the deal. Yeah, by honestly. not being around for the quote unquote resurgence of the Oilers because they sent him packing the second that they caught Connor McDavid into the lineup, and it kind of sucked because that's what that team was was suckage before yeah. they secured that pick. And oh, he's not going to be around to reap the the benefits of it. Well, now who's laughing? Taylor Hall. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's I on mean, a better I mean, team like, at I least. I made like seven million dollars just last year. Yeah, and now I'm signed long term in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's going to win a cup with Boston because they have Got their it. own issues, but nope. at least he's not dealing with Edmonton and Correct. all their Oilers things that are going on right now. So. Correct. It's a rough spot, but it's been a perpetual rough spot for Edmonton for the better part it. of probably 15 years at this point. Yep, they haven't made a Stanley Cup final since that magical run in 2006 mm-hmm. backstop by Dwayne the goalie Rollison and Chris Pronger god that's a long time ago and yeah prongs yeah you, <laughs> you know it Adrian prongs what a time that was uh but it's just it's a team that we did we kind of put them in the same box as the Toronto Maple Leafs where we don't expect them to do anything in the playoffs but they need to be making the play if yeah you, like you have the two of the best players in the world like, there, there's under no circumstance where th- this should be happening. But as we were talking about earlier in the week, if they're not scoring on the power play, they're not feeling themselves. And if you're not feeling yourself, you're going to be felt up by other people mm-hmm. and that they're getting roughed up. Yeah. They're getting roughed up. And so every mistake seems bigger and every little victory doesn't seem nearly as uh, relieving as it probably should. So the Edmonton Oilers will look to get back on their winning ways. They play against the Islanders tomorrow night at home. And let's not forget either, they have a ton of games in February. Mm-hmm. Too. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games through the rest of the month, the shortest month. So, and, and, and some really good opponents on their docket as well. They got the Jets coming up. They got the Wild. They got 
Tampa, they got Florida, they got the Canes, they got Eesh. the yeah. I mean, they got to get going too, and and so this is a, a division that's a lot more competitive than most of us had surmised ahead of the season. A lot of that has to do with like the Ducks and the Sharks hanging around. Some people are going to have to return back to earth a little bit, but it seems like the Oilers are the ones that are painting themselves into that corner. And it's just, they're going to be very desperate. They're going to make some big time moves. And with that, that'll change the market for uh, the teams that the Golden Knights will be competing with and the Golden Knights themselves. And we even have some updates in terms of salary cap. Apparently Mark Stone might be going to the long-term IR. And now everybody's just salivating at the fact that, well, maybe this can make this whole roster thing work with the cap without having to trade anyone until we get to the playoffs where does the rule kick in now where they, they have rectified the situation with uh, Kuznetsov or not Kuznetsov with uh, Kucherov Um, basically was injured all year. They didn't want him to count against the cap and then showed up for the playoffs and they won the second straight cup. Bunch of cheaters. I'm not sure. I, I know that they addressed it and based off of what I've been reading about the Golden Knights situation, pretty classic example of trying to sidestep the rules, but ultimately you compete in the rules and the environment in which yeah. has been set forth for you. And so if they're able to do this, they will absolutely take advantage of it. This is a team that is willing to do whatever it takes for that edge, including dressing 15 skaters mm-hmm. the same night you have a chance to clinch the presence trophy on home ice. It didn't end up mattering, but it could have. And, the omission of Mark Stone absolutely is a huge deal. Whether or not we can get Eichel and Martinez back on this roster in exchange for it, because we all know about how much Mark Stone matters to this team. Mm-hmm. While he's been in and out of the lineup dealing with that back problem and hopefully takes some time to heal up here, uh, he hasn't provided the same amount of production either. And so, Gold Knights have had to figure out different ways to to make this thing move, but. It's a very inconsistent effort, and there's not a whole lot of reliability in terms of the recipe. And so that's why you have one night where you w- you win for nothing, mm-hmm. and then less than 24 hours, you are on the other side of a six nothing deficit. Yeah, it's just kind of tragic. And this whole season for the Golden Knights, I mean, I've been saying it on other podcasts, I've been saying it in articles. It's been, I think, a roller coaster, but not a fun one. It's kind of like one of those roller coasters where you like hit the peak, and then you like hit the trough, and then. You do a 360 and then all this like random movement because there are times where this team looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Like they look like how they look on paper. And then there's there's times where like last night they look horrendous. Mm -hmm. And then it's just been so up and down with all the injuries and all the moves that they've made in the last 12 months. That's just been really confusing as a fan and just perplexing as a media person and a longtime hockey fan. It's confused the entire league. And I feel to kind of go back to your point about the Nikita Kucherov situation, saving people for the playoffs. I feel like if there's any team that gets caught and made an example of, I think it's Vegas. That's just the feeling I have. I mean, yeah, but if anything, they're the, they're the team that has been able to do all of that and basically give middle fingers to everybody else because of all the timing Yeah, and, and, and how they've had basically exempt status with certain things but this is a team as you said has been very confusing discombobulating for for a lot of us but ultimately you can't argue with the results so far Mm -hmm. as inconsistent as they as they have been they still find themselves at the top of this division uh they still find ways to win and they are still operating with a lot of deficits and so it remains to be seen what exactly will transpire in the next couple of weeks but we do know that the bench for the Edmonton Oilers will look very different. Lots of different faces and names up north of the border this week. 
We're here to talk hockey with you guys each and every day at some point, but this is the place where you guys need to go. We're going to move on with our conversation. Is it sexist to be sad? 11.40 The Bet explores it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Did you eat pizza yesterday, Adrian? I actually did. You did? Yes. Dominic? I did not, No sadly. celebration of National Pizza Day for you? Unfortunately not. I didn't either, but mostly because I'm saving up for Sunday. Because what Adrian said yesterday, put it in my mind, and I'm manifesting this energy because on this <laughs> upcoming Sunday, Stadium Swim... Big game viewing party starting yes. at 11 a.m. Stadium Swim, yep, that Stadium Swim at Circa Casino. Uh, CircaLasVegas.com is where you go to find all of the information, like the massive 40-foot tall high-definition screen TVs that we're going to be chilling in front of, uh, in front of those one of six heated pools, that is, Adrian. And guess what? It's going to be super nice on Sunday, 72-ish, and our show is going to be broadcasting live from Circa starting at 1 p.m. as we lead you up to the big game, and as Adrian mentioned yesterday, we hope pizza is included. All the snacks. Uh, I will not wear a speedo to stadium swim. I will keep oh, it with not? regular swim shorts, right? Regular boxer short type vibes. That's weird because like Mark was trying to make it part of your contract negotiation, right? Oh, that was like, you know, it's, listen, it's weird. Circa, Circa, if you present me. Oh, Circa that came to you. Well, yeah, then that's Circa, probably a different director. They give me through. give me a blue with a little logo <laughs> on the side near my hips. We might have a discussion. But <laughs> seriously, we talked about yesterday. I'm excited. I've been to Circa. I haven't been to Stadium Swim. It's um, awesome. We we gotta get people ready for the big game Dude, it, properly. I'm pumped for Strawberry Dax by the pool oh. on Sunday. That is what I am looking forward to. Leading up to the big game again. Visit CircaLasVegas.com for more details. All right, so the Olympics are happening. There are winners and losers in all aspects of life. Dominic, we're going to teach you some things because you're a fetus. Got it. <laughs> Get your notebook out. Michaela Schriffen 
or Schif- Schifrin, sorry, sorry, Michaela, I know you're racing right now. You literally don't care about what I'm talking about. But you compete in the women's slalom events. You are a skier, and there were big-time expectations for you leading up to the Olympics, as for many athletes that hail from the United States deal with. Now, Michaela had a pretty rough start to her first couple of races. She had to end those races early, actually, because, first of all, she missed one of the gates and uh, made a couple of mistakes. And granted, she's competing in other events today. She even tweeted about all the support that she's uh, received in the last 48 hours and wanted to thank everybody for that. Again, she's competing in the Super G right now. But after she basically failed, NBC put a camera on her and documented pretty much the whole thing. And some people had a problem with it. They thought that the coverage of that really tough emotional moment was insensitive or even sexist. And there's a lot of people throwing around labels right now and and trying to say, well, this behavior is okay and this isn't. And I, I, I am totally behind the executive producer, Molly Solomon, when she says that she has no regrets in this coverage because ultimately Adrian and Dominic, all emotions deserve coverage because all of them are valid. And all people deserve to experience their emotions. And if they're in the environment in which this is agreed to be taped and everything else, I don't have a problem with it. This is real life. This is what it is. I I, I don't understand why people would classify this as sexist because I think it's really people are just uncomfortable seeing others either in failure seeing um, somebody in distress, seeing a woman cry. Like, we all know that we have different levels of uncomfortability just built into our biological DNA, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's a, that's an actual mm-hmm. thing. Because when we see Stefan Diggs standing out alone after losing to the, the Kansas City Chiefs last year uh, to go to the Super Bowl, and we see guys cry all the time, oh, what? how sensitive he is, how in touch with the feelings. Joel Embiid exactly. two years ago. Or if, Brad the, or if, it, if ago. it's a man that skirts the feelings, well, he's just doing his job, so focused. Like there's a, Lots of people tend to win, stay winners, and the people that lose tend to stay losers. How do you guys view this particular event and how well, they covered it? I mean, being involved in media mm-hmm. and, like, production and everything for, like, the year that I've been doing it, I think the executive producer is completely right. She shouldn't regret it because, like mm-hmm. you said, it's an environment where everyone's agreed, yep, this is going to be broadcasted live to the world. There's going to be cameras on me basically no matter what. There's gonna, they're going to be watching my every move. Mm-hmm. And it's fully legal, too. That's another thing that I learned in one of my classes at school at UNLV mm-hmm. is that if you're in a public place, if you're in a place where you're agreeing to be taped, anything can be taped. You can't get upset at that. And that's real life. Mm-hmm. It's real emotions. It happened. So might as well document it. You know, like it, it's basically no different than the Stefan Diggs situation that you mentioned mm-hmm. or Joel Embiid that Adrian mentioned or Brad Marchand in the Stanley Cup final. It's or emotions. That's yeah. literally, what, literally people, it's, what we live on. It's emotions. Sport is driven by emotion ultimately. Mm-hmm. So why not document it? It's and a thing do, that's going to live why, on. Why do women need to be protected? That's yeah. my other thing too. It's like that was like one of the arguments that they made when they canceled World Juniors for the girls and then they, they let the boys go on and then they ended yeah. up canceling halfway through the tournament. We're like, we just we didn't want to put them in the position to compromise their health. I'm more than capable of taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure we all are. I, I can tell what's safe. Should I touch the stovetop when it's on? Yes or no? No. 
I've learned from experience. And that's the other thing too is like we're 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 trying to protect certain people in certain situations, but what what about all the footage we see of what's going on in the real world of like actual trauma? Cuz ultimately, this is this is a tough thing for Michaela or any athlete to go through, to, to fail on that stage, to work your whole life, to, to fall short of expectations. That is a tough burden to bear. But ultimately, you're falling short of your expectations as an athlete. Yeah. It's not like we're putting a camera in her face because, you know, her grandmother just passed away. We're like, how you feeling? We're, we're broadcasting this live to millions of people and that we're paying ad dollars to see it. This isn't the Truman Show of, of that nature. But it's... It's the double standard that um, the executive producer, Solomon, she, she mentions and, and cites. And I think we look at it at, like we always assume that double standard with women means we don't give the coverage or we don't give the respect. Sometimes we give too much. Sometimes we think that women are too delicate or that they don't deserve to be shown in their absolute lowest moment. Like you're saying that they're not that. She is not worthy or we shouldn't be looking at this. Why? Why are we unworthy to look at her sadness? Why Why is sadness an unworthy emotion? Why are you uncomfortable? Yeah. The, the one thing that was a little bit strange and I didn't see the live broadcast. No. So they said for 22 minutes and I'm just wondering if like I can't imagine that NBC just had the commentators talking and they were just going to this shot for 22 minutes straight. But this happens all the time. One of my favorite moments in sports was two years ago when the Browns beat the Steelers in the playoffs and Ben Roethlisberger was contemplating whether he was going to retire or not. And the camera was, I think they did this with with one of the Kelsey brothers in Philadelphia. Like, this happens all the time in sports and for the athletes. Like, Mm -hmm. ultimately, if you need a place to go to where the cameras aren't going to be there, you can go in the locker room. You can go in the building wherever they came out of. Uh, this was true emotion. It's kind of like car accidents. Some people stay and, and, and want to watch for some reason. Like some people uh-huh. actually enjoy that more than seeing someone being happy. And it, it's just a part of what you sign up for when you're an athlete and especially when you're in the Olympics, no matter how heartbreaking it is, because it's it's insane to me to fathom losing and being second place and losing by by such a slim margin in something that you've spent four years training for. Well, she for. didn't even lose. She just got disqualified. Yeah, that she makes met, it even that's, worse. That's, a, that's completely different. And ultimately, today's a new day. Yeah. She's competing in a new event. And some people don't get that luxury. Some people never even make it to the Olympics. My God. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, and we also have to remember, too, like, Olympic coverage is different than the way that we cover our sports here in the United States. Like, we always assume that we're going to stay with the event the whole time. Olympic coverage is not about staying with the event. It's about staying with the narratives. It's about staying with the focus on what the ad dollars are, which is Team USA success or failure, right? We love the fall from the pedestal more than we love the ascension, as much as all of us like to say otherwise. It's false. Like you said, Adrian, the the, the drive-by of seeing the carnage and, and seeing what that is. That is a natural biological thing. Something is wrong with someone that looks like me. Can I help? Is is there a threat for me? Like these are all, we're wired to be like this. And we're wired to, to experience these things. And so I think our constant deviation or maybe it's toxic positivity or unrealistic expectations. Toxic positivity is a great way to put it. Yeah. It's just, it, 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 it screams a lot like the same 
not quite the same thing that we were talking about with with Simone Biles during the Summer Olympics earlier this year because people were just, I think, more bothered by the fact that she said, my life's bigger than this moment of glory. And people were offended by that. And people were just offended that she took agency over her body. And that comes weighted differently for Simone than it does for Michaela for obvious reasons as well. But regardless, this is kind of what we were painting in our our conversation earlier this week or the last couple weeks because we can talk about race, we can talk about age, but ultimately when we talk about the most umbrella or or blanketed type of inequalities and how we treat people, it's on or in the arena of gender and sex. And those things are two separate concepts. And all these things exist in the same arena. And ultimately, you got to show the story, mm-hmm. whatever that is, as hard as it is to watch. And that's why I, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I can't I, I'm not surprised that they're catching a lot of flack for it because people are really sensitive to just a lot of things and painting uh, certain intentions into into other lights that may or may not be. But I just again, I. It's a bit strange, it's though, strange. because this isn't something new. No. no. In Olympics, but that, in uh, sports. But now our, our, like... our noticing of it and just how uncomfortable it makes us feel, that's what's new. And mm-hmm. and that's what I think people are struggling with. It's not just the fact that it's uncomfortable to see somebody going through failure and, and seeing somebody go through those emotions, but it's bothersome to a lot of us because it's not something we would have thought twice about before. And what does that say if you're not already in that mindset? Right. No, and so true. it's it's a good thing to be aware. It's a good thing to be informed and it's a good thing to fail. And so the more we push that away in our, our everyday life, be that camera shots, be that restarting your Madden game, be that, you know, all these little ways that we can kind of skirt reality. Let me throw one thing at you. Yeah. So obviously the Olympics, it's limited coverage and they go to a lot of different events. Mm-hmm. If they replayed that 10 different times, though, throughout the night. Isn't that a bit excessive? Sure. If that becomes like their A role and that becomes the the only story that they have, is it exploitative? Like that that you you can kind of at can, that point when, maybe I I know it when I see it. Right. We love to reference this Supreme Court ruling, and so it, I I think there's a there's a fine line here of of too far, but. I don't think we're on a big cliff to begin with when we're talking about this particular debate. I no. think the outrage can be painted in, in many different lights. I mean, because we've we've seen people get eviscerated for much less mm-hmm. and uh, and and completely skated over for much worse. I guess it just depends on who you are and what the moment you happen to inhibit because it's the public's attention we're all after, at least. And we'll hopefully keep that with you guys for another hour. The Playmakers on the way. 1140 The Bet. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.